Let us pray. Dear Lord, we offer our time to you this morning and we ask you to be here in it. And we trust that you keep your promises and that you are here among us. I pray that my words would be your words and all of our thoughts your thoughts. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. My kids, who are uh, almost three and five, will be three and five in the spring and the summer, um, have been asking for the spring and the summer for several months now. I think mostly because they like sandals, but um, they, they frame it in terms of wanting to go to the beach. They're desperate to go to the beach, and they've been asking to go to the beach even when, you know, we've got snow on the ground. And so, if... Failing the beach, they want to go to the park. And of course, you know, it's really cold outside. And so we keep saying, or we have been saying, wait until spring. We'll go to the park in spring, and in the summer we'll go to the beach. So spring has been sort of the Valhalla just over the horizon that our kids have been waiting for. When is it going to be spring? When is it going to be spring? So this past week, we were confronted with a dilemma. As you know, it became spring. This week, but it became spring only in a literal sense, not in a useful sense. And so we had, at one point, I think several weeks ago, I had told Hazel that spring was going to come on March 21st. And so that became sort of the thing that she was waiting for. In the same way that you or I wait for our birthday or Christmas or a promotion. Hazel waits for March 21st. And so March 21st arrives, and she says, It's spring. Can we go to the park? And of course, since you all live here in the area, you know that on March 21st, we had like five inches of snow on the ground. So it was spring, according to the almanac, according to the calendar, but according to what actually happened to you when you opened the door... It was still very much winter. And it's not just, it doesn't just trick little kids. I get tricked all the time myself. We, we look out our windows that say, you know, 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon, and the sunlight is streaming down, and our, our windows are high enough where if you don't look carefully, you don't really see the snow on the ground at first. So it sort of just looks, it looks warm. Of course, we, we forget that we have the heat on in our house, And that when we actually open the door, excited to go out experience the warm weather, it's still a brutally cold. So we have these sort of two competing realities happening at one time. It appears to be warm, but is cold. It is technically spring, but it isn't spring in any way that is useful to us. And I feel like this is a very appropriate idea uh, for us to talk about on Palm Sunday, this service where we do these two very different things. And in fact, it's true of us as humans. We are two things at once. That's sort of a grand theme of Scripture and of Christianity in general, the idea of something being two things at once. And I want to start with us. Always, always start with myself. That's my sort of life motto. Always start with me. That was hilarious. Um, human beings are two things at once, and I think that we all know that this is true. 
Jesus famously referred to the Pharisees as whitewashed tombs, which is, of course, not a pleasant thing to say to somebody. I wouldn't recommend that you in your life start referring to people in your life as whitewashed tombs. People tend not to take it very well. The idea is that while we are nice and clean and pretty on the outside, inside we house only death and decay. And that's what Jesus meant when he called the Pharisees whitewashed tombs. He said, you look really religious and observant and holy on the outside. But on the inside, you have the same, you know, twisted motivations and selfishness that everybody else has. You've just painted a nice veneer, a nice facade on the outside to hide what's really going on on the inside. So this is how sort of we begin our Christian lives, as whitewashed tombs, as sort of projecting an image of an us that is more palatable to the outside world than the us that is true. Think of Facebook for a moment. If you don't use it, um, I don't know how to talk to you. But if you don't, I'm just kidding. You're, you're far more advanced than the rest of us who do use Facebook. That's the truth. But if you are aware of what Facebook is, you know that it is the classic example in the world right now of putting out an image of yourself that you want the world to see that may or may not have any relation to the you as you really exist. Think about the photos that you choose to put on Facebook. They're the ones in which you're looking good, right? The ones in which you appear to be having a good time. The ones in which... Others might think you have lots of friends or that your relationships with your family are all very strong. Now think about what your life is really like. I have a friend who says in possibly the wittiest thing I've ever heard in my life that our status updates rarely match our browser histories. I can hear that that makes sense for some of you. That our status updates rarely match our browser histories. The us that we project to the world rarely has much in common with the us as we act when no one's watching. Right? The us that we project to the world rarely has much to do with the us we are when no one is watching. I was, yeah, it's funny how many, for many people, this is, this is a hard idea to hook into with the exception of how they feel in heavy traffic. Right? This is an idea that we say, oh no, I'm a very self-actualized person. I'm very much the same on the outside as I am on the inside. But then um, when we think about how the, the feelings that that erupt in us when we're in heavy traffic, we think to ourselves, oh goodness, maybe, maybe I wouldn't like that person to exist all the time. That's, that's traffic Nick, and we'll leave him in traffic. It's a good thing that he's boxed in by steel walls and that he doesn't get let out in polite company. I was um, watching a movie recently called Crumb, and it's a... Uh, documentary about an underground 
underground comics artist named Robert Crumb. Um, this is in the 60s and 70s. His most uh, famous character is Fritz the Cat, if any of you are aware of that. A- anyway, this is, a, this is an illustration that's already crashing and burning, but I'm going to fight through it. So Robert Crumb is this very tall, very thin, very frail, very sort of humble-seeming, peaceful, quiet, gentle man. And his art is full of violence and misogyny and hate. And it's this wild juxtaposition of what the man appears to be on the outside and what he has bubbling up inside him that comes out on the page. And this is just like us in traffic and just like us on Facebook The us that we present to the world is so often merely a facade, a mask, to hide the us that we prefer no one ever see. But then Holy Week comes and changes everything. Holy Week, this week from Palm Sunday to Easter and Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday in between is a week that in the history of earth changed everything forever. And the reason that Holy Week can change us and change the world is that we are these two things, right? We are what we are on the outside. We are what we are to our Facebook friends and to our family, and then we are what we are on the inside, the us that we are in traffic, the us that we are in our most private moments. We are these two things, but then in Holy Week, Jesus proves to be himself two things as well, but in a totally different way. I I said that's the, the theme of scripture, the theme of Christianity, it's certainly the theme of this morning's sermon. It's uh, two things at once. It's buy one, get one free Sunday here at Church of the Savior. Jesus Christ is in himself two things. Check out what we read in our collect of the day. Almighty and ever-living God, in your tender love for the human race, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to take upon him our nature. Now, it is an old-school truth of Christianity, that Jesus is both God and man. And he's not 50-50, he's 100% God and 100% human. And very often this is just sort of an ethereal, theoretical idea that doesn't really come into contact with how we live in the world every day. We sort of say, yeah, I know that I'm supposed to believe that that's true, but I don't know what that has to do with me. I don't know what that is going to do for me on Monday morning when I have to go to for work. But here's the thing. Here, during Holy Week, the profound truth that Jesus is 100% God and 100% human hits the ground. The rubber hits the road, and it means something. Jesus had to be fully God, 100% God, to be righteous enough, to be good enough to assure our salvation. Right? We say here every week that on the cross he gives his goodness to us and takes our sinfulness onto himself so that we might be saved. Well, he's got to be good enough 
that the goodness that he gives us is actually meaningful. He can't just be, you know, the best, the best guy that ever walked the earth because that's not going to get us saved. He has to be God incarnate, perfectly righteous and good, to give that perfect righteous and goodness to us to enable our salvation. But he also has to be fully human because he has to stand in our place where a human stands before the judgment seat of God. In other words, Jesus had to be worthy of Palm Sunday, worthy to be received as a king, the king of heaven. And he had to be capable of Good Friday, to stand in the place of a human being, to be killed in our place. Jesus Christ had to be worthy of Palm Sunday and capable of Good Friday. But because of Christ's being fully two things, our being two things changes. Now, we're still two things. As you well know, there is still a difference between who we are on the outside often and who we are on the inside but we're no longer whitewashed tombs. The theologian Martin Luther said that we are now, because of Jesus Christ being two things at once, we are now two things at once too, but a different two things. We are now fully righteous, fully God. Not fully God, what am I talking about? We have an edit button on this thing. Fully righteous, fully good fully redeemed, and yet fully human, fully sinful, fully self-involved. His words were at the same time righteous and sinner. And we know that this is true in our lives. But in the same way that we look out the window and we know by the calendar that it's spring, but we can feel on our flesh that it's winter. We look at our lives and the facade, the whitewashed walls of our tomb fall away. We no longer have to pretend that we're something we're not. We are covered now by a righteousness that is not our own. St. Paul refers to it as being clothed with Christ. See, the whitewashed tomb is a fake. It's painted white to keep you from knowing what's inside. Being clothed with Christ is a reality. We are covered. Our sinfulness is covered by the righteousness, the goodness of Jesus Christ. The outside of our tomb, and we know that it's still a tomb. We know how we are in traffic. We know how we are in our most private moments. The outside of our tomb is still white. But now, it's not just a paint job. Now, it's been washed in the blood of the Lamb. And this is what Palm Sunday is all about. Listen to the transition we make from the first prayer we said over in the 
parish hall and the one we said when we were in this room. We started out with, on this day he entered the holy city of Jerusalem in triumph and was proclaimed as king of kings. And then we prayed, Almighty and ever-living God, in your tender love for the human race, you sent your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, to take upon him our nature and to suffer death upon the cross. Jesus went from holy king to condemned criminal so that we can go from condemned sinner to righteous child of God. Because Jesus was worthy of Palm Sunday, but capable of Good Friday, we get to become holy and blameless children of God. Our whitewashed tomb is not a paint job. It's been washed by the blood of the Lamb. It's real and it's forever. Amen.